Welcome to the Guelph Politicast. I'm Adam A. Donaldson of Guelph Politico. Today I talked to Paul Barson, who is a member of the Downtown Theater Project. He's an organizer for Guelph Fringe, lead singer of The Vanishers, and a director on the Guelph Arts Council's board. Barson sits at the intersection of local music, the performing arts, and arts administration, which makes him the perfect person to have an honest discussion about Guelph's art scene. Like with just about every other aspect of life, COVID-19 has had an effect on the arts. It's hard to get out and see a band or a local theatrical production or to take part in a local festival when there's, well, no going outside. But as we recover from COVID, we're learning that the pandemic is not the only pressure point on the arts and local artists. The state of the arts is the topic of this week's Guelph Politicast. I think a lot about what it was like 20 years ago, because that's when I first made the move to Guelph, and this town was a really hopping place if you were interested in the arts at that time. There was a burgeoning indie film scene, Hillside was one of the hottest tickets in the country, the Guelph Jazz Festival was appointment attendance for jazz artists and enthusiasts the world over, and even if you weren't a jazz enthusiast, it was hard to miss that big jazz tent that shut down Upper Wyndham every Saturday after Labor Day. Guelph is home to one of the first public libraries in Ontario, one of the first artist-run centers in the form of Ed Video, and one of the first documentary film festivals ever created anywhere. Sure, we still have many arts groups and festivals and things, but it does feel like we've kind of missed a step, doesn't it? This is where we talk about the ubiquitous housing crisis. The average annual income of an artist in Ontario is a little over $56,000, but the average income for an emerging artist is, well, somewhat less. So if it's hard for someone who makes a good living to find somewhere to live in Guelph, imagine how hard it is for someone who is just starting out in their career or is trying to work part-time so that they can spend the rest of their time honing their craft. But it's not just housing space that's at a premium, it's all kinds of space. We're talking about room to rehearse if you're in a band, or room to make art and pottery if you're an artisan. You see, you probably don't want to be rehearsing for your next concert in the garage in your small townhouse complex, and you probably don't want the pottery kiln sitting in the corner of your small bachelor apartment. Space is a pretty big part of the issue. But is it the only issue? That's something that Paul Barson is going to help us figure out on this week's episode of the Guelph Politicast. We're going to talk about how far back the challenges in the local art scene go, how much of the blame for the current challenges go to COVID-19, and how much the local art scene has changed over the last 10 or 20 years. We will also discuss the role of the housing crisis in artist development addressing the lack of affordable performance and studio space as well, and the role that our government might be able to play in helping to activate underutilized city-owned assets to help with that issue. And finally, we will talk about the role of the Arts Council, whether or not there needs to be a combined advocacy from Guelph's arts groups, and whether we're on the verge of a local arts renaissance. Before I press play on the interview, though, I just want to take a quick second and note that Paul Barson and I have worked in the aforementioned indie film scene together. We've worked on a couple of short films together, and we're both involved in a local indie studio. So uh, we do have that previous uh, business relationship, uh, that previously artistic relationship, shall we say. 
And I just wanted to disclose that before we get into the interview, although I think uh, that will be pretty clear as uh, how conversational we are in the interview. Anyway, without further ado, I caught up with Paul Barson last week via Zoom. Paul Barson, thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks for having me. Why don't we just, uh, by means of introducing you to the listener, uh, take... uh, well, not take the whole show, but because uh, you have so many fingers and so many pies, but uh, talk talk about some of your pies and and what fingers you have in them, so to speak. Um, yeah, yeah. So right now, I am producing shows for a company called the Downtown Theater Project, which I started with uh, my partner Jen and friends of ours Tim and Trevor. And we have a sh- we just finished a show that was at the Red Brick called In View. The lyrics of Gord Downey in concert. And it was a fundraiser for the Downey Wenjack Fund, um, which raises money for reconciliation and um, outreach. And it was a huge success. And, you know, we got lots of great feedback from that. Right now, we are rehearsing for a show called Venus in Fur, Mm -hmm. which is also going to be at Red Brick. And they're actually upstairs doing a play reading on that with the cast and, and team right now. Um. So that's that's like the 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 biggest chunk of my time, my artistic time right now is going towards that. Um, we're starting to ramp up for the Guelph Fringe Festival. So I'm the festival coordinator for the Guelph Fringe Festival. And so we've selected our artists and they've just finished paying their fees. And soon we'll ask them what their show is called and start promoting it to, to the city and let them know where our venues are and all that kind of stuff. And then and um, I also sit on the Guelph Arts Council, so I get to see a lot of the other arts that I'm not uh, artistically <laughs> involved in. So it's nice to be connected to the the visual artists and the you know comedy and improv and all that other stuff. That's great. Mm-hmm. Um, and then last is well, probably not last, but what I'm thinking of right now, um, I'm the front man for a, a kind of a country rock rockabilly band called The Vanishers. Um, so we're just gearing up for our to record our third album, and uh, got a show in April at the Casbah in Hamilton. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so lots of little stuff going on, and in between all of that, I try my best to get out and see as much art. <laughs> that's you know that's my favorite part about the arts is going and witnessing it. So. <laughs> and I have a few hours. Yeah, yeah, and you have young children as well, and let's not forget that. Um, <laughs> I, I want to start here, and um, you know, I have thoughts in my head at times that I I, I hesitate to share, uh, not because they're dark necessarily, but I, you know, but but we, we've known each other for so long, I feel comfortable sharing this with you. Yeah. Is it just me, or does arts-wise speaking, Guelph feel less cool now than it did twenty years ago? So, definitely feels less cool. Mm. But I don't know if there's, if the, if the infrastructure and capacity for arts and quality of arts, and I don't know if that's changed. Mm. Um, I would say that, you know, when I was in university and, and younger in town, I always just felt like Guelph was this art city, this great arts hub in Southern Ontario. And as I started to get older and get more involved in more aspects of it, I started to see that it didn't have the support that I thought it always had. It didn't have, like it, 
it wasn't shining as much as I, I thought it was, you know, from the periphery. Um, and I, and so I don't know if it's, if it's changed or if mm. my recognition of it has changed, mm. that makes sense. Hmm. Yeah, no, it, it does make sense because I mean, 20 years ago, you would see posters for stuff everywhere. Right. And you know, we just yeah. don't, we just don't poster anymore. It, that's kind of been something you, that's, you, you can't. Know, you, yeah. you, well, that that was the thing is that there was this transition period where you couldn't poster, and I feel yeah. like that's kind of anachronistic now. People are, you know, talking about stuff on social media, which, yeah, you know, it, it goes to like kind of hiding the not hiding necessarily, but it's not there in front of you when you walking around downtown. And you're seeing a poster for this, a poster for that. No, and like, you know, I think specifically for the Guelph Fringe Festival, that, you know, we did do some postering. And I think that was a massive piece to our success mm. um, because fringe and other arts that exist on a trying to be professional level mm. um, need to make use of every tool. And we don't have the capacity to pay to have, you know, magic pushing our event Right. Like some of the bigger, bigger events have access to. And so we need to get those looks any way we can. And, you know, we get social media. We got posters in cafes where we're allowed to put them up. But not everybody goes into those places. Yeah. You know, so if we can get them on street corners where everybody's driving by or walking by, just to get another impression onto into people's eyes and into their brains is massive, 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 massive. So did, yeah, you, I think that I, I think that like if I know I know that it's never gonna like loosen up because there's like a you know, certain people have this like trashy feel to postering <laughs> on on these these street poles, but like I don't know, I love it. Yeah. I love the look of it, I love the feel of it, I love that there's like little torn pieces <laughs> like there's it's it's like poster graffiti almost you know it just like it's got a cool vibe to it also like the the joy of regret you know when you'd see a poster and you're like oh that looks cool it happened five months ago yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> yeah and it's not coming down because whoever put it on put like six inches of tape over it it's like it's a part of the infrastructure of the city now that's right. But you did raise an inter another interesting point, which is like the media side of this. And, um, you know, it used to be sort of like a, 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 for a lot of even just medium sized events, not necessarily small events, um, emerging events, you could get that support from the local radio station or the local newspaper. Because, um, you know, th these we know this from. The, the, the worlds we've kind of operated in the in-kind donations are easier to get than the the money donations but i mean yeah. even the in-kind donations are um because you know the wealth tribune is so thin now that uh mm -hmm. you, you, they can't donate that space for that you know quarter page size ad that's that's money they're out and money that's hard for them to find anyway yeah yeah and you know i'm i'm not I'm not privy to financial makeups of any of these organizations that provide these services. So I can't like be critical of it. It's just something that's missing. And it's, it's, um, you know, the new, the newspapers are mostly 
digital now as well. Mm. Um, but uh, yeah, like CFRU has been great for Fringe. Like CFRU pushed pushed Fringe as well, and and I you know I guarantee you a good chunk of our audience came through just you know having an impression from CFRU as well as a poster and a social media, you know whatever it the the brain mathematicians you know you got to see it six times before it actually sits in your brain yeah. long enough for you to make a decision on it or whatever the math is i don't know um so any any assistance we can get with that is is massive well you got my uh interest um when we were both taking part in one of these workshops for the 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 placemaking strategy the tourism strategy that the city is currently cooking up with and you were really hitting hard on the idea that Guelph does not have affordable performance space. And I mean, you you can talk about this from your point of view with, you know, the various theater companies you're working with. But I mean, just how much of that is is kind of holding us back, not having somewhere or, or having to like find like weird ad hoc spaces like the Red Brick Cafe in order to put on, you know, these these theatrical performances. Yeah. And, you know, we're we're just a part of the expensive landscape, right? So <laughs> you know, the small businesses are also talking about how they can't find a place to, to lease, to run their business and people can't find places to rent, to live. Um, and we slide right into that story. Mm. Um, I think that, yeah, from a theater standpoint, we are at a serious disadvantage in that to achieve certain things theatrically, we, we have some specs that, other art forms can get away without. Right. Um, so, you know, like the Red Brick Cafe is a great place to, you know, to play as a band, you know, a folk band plays back there. It's great. You know, you wouldn't expect anything more than what is back there. Um, but when we do our theatrical performances back there, you know, first off, we're restricted to 45 seats. Um, so, you know, the downtown theater project, when we do shows there, we're just selling them out because we you know that's there's not very many seats only 200 people end up coming to see these shows right, right. <laughs> um and then you know it doesn't have the height so we can't light properly so we're you know we have a kind of a spotlighty feel to it which you know that's our craft our craft is is manipulating the visuals to you know incite these feelings in our in our audience members and we're restricted at that um the other thing is we need a space for at least if we're doing a one, a one week run. So a four day run, we need the space for eight days. Mm. So like, where can we rent a space that doesn't have weekly standing bookings for, you know, church gatherings or dance, dance uh, classes or whatever that we can just pop up for eight days, four times a year, you know, like <laughs> those spaces just don't exist. And so, yeah. So then we find our, ourselves, just kind of shoehorning in wherever we can and you know there has been a great charm to that yeah and that has actually even though it maybe is artistically holding us back it is benefiting us um just from a storytelling perspective that you know people walk into the back room at the red brick cafe for the first time as a theater and they're just like whoa <laughs> this is the same room this is amazing you know so we have there's that level of, of kind of charm that goes along with it, which is great. Right. But yeah. it, it's, it's not something that um, you kind of have to adapt what you can do 
um, to fit the space rather than finding a space to fit what you want to do. That's, that's the reality of it. Yeah. So, you know, we're reading scripts all the time and, and going to see shows all the time to see what we can put up ourselves here. And, you know, it very quickly is like, a, Oh, we can't do that. You know, we're running into that all the time. Right. Um, and it's not because we don't want to do the show. We really want to do the show. It's just not going to work in that space. And um, yeah, that's just the reality of the situation at hand. How much, how much of this is what's driving this? I mean, a lot of stuff we saw, um, or a lot of the issues we're seeing, you know, were not caused by the pandemic, but were certainly accelerated by the pandemic. And I think sort of live performances and, you know, uh, live music venues or live theater venues, you know, for three years, that's hasn't been exactly a stable business. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, would we still be here if COVID hadn't happened? Like, or did, did COVID like accelerate a um a problem that was already kind of surfacing beforehand that is a solid question mm. um it it definitely didn't assist us um <laughs> yeah, yeah like you can you can think of the places that district shut down and um um the e-bar shut down like so like significant performance spaces like they were the leaders right they were the two biggest places to to put up bands um you know one set three bands a night kind of evenings those right. were the places where that that was happening um and the jazz jimmy jazz obviously nothing will ever get rid of that um <laughs> and you know now that now taboo right so there's like mm. the third you know it's starting to trickle back a little bit um but, you know, for the most part, it's just there's a couple spots in town. If you're an original band who wants to play one set, then, you know, you got to call Jake at the Jimmy Jazz pretty much, yeah. right? Yeah. If you want to do that in town. You know, the one great thing is the breweries have, have started, you know, they've got performance spaces now. But, you know, they're looking for bands that can hold an entire night, three sets of covers, you know, very a pretty specific need. Right. Um, which is great because there's lots of great bands that do that. And so there's an opportunity for them, but from a, and that's from the band, that's from a live music perspective, from a theater perspective, to be able to take one of these spaces over for a long period of time for us to run, do a run of a show. Um, yeah. Just in all of our conversations with these, with these organizations, like it's just not something that they can, they can do. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately. Right. And you kind of addressed this earlier with, you know, the the housing situation being what it is. If you're a young artist, no matter what your 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 medium is, whether it's music, whether it's theater, whether it's the, the visual arts, film, whatever, um, you're probably want to live you probably want to live pretty cheap. And Guelph is not a place that's currently encouraging living cheap, if you know what I mean. So mm -hmm. it, it 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 does feel like all of these things are, well, not not even necessarily feeding into each other. It all goes back to just like the price of living here. The, you know, we can't attract, you know, uh, people who want to live here or hold on to people who, you know, are maybe getting their start here. I mean, there's the fine arts program at the university. There's at video. There's, there's all these kind of like incubators for this kind of talent who, you know, may come 
um, can't stay because they can't afford to to practice here. Yeah, and you know, in just the small amount of time that we've been doing theater, you know, there's been some great artists that we've worked with, and you know, we send that we send them our next project, and they're like, "Yeah, I, I've left town." <laughs> I shouldn't laugh. But... <laughs> yeah, and it's and it's not it's not it's not because it's a it's a you know they have bad memories here or anything like that. It's that the opportunities for arts here on par with how much it costs to live here, they're better off situating themselves in Hamilton or Toronto for the same amount of rent, mm. but be situated right next to, you know, the hearts of some of these industries. Right. Whereas, you know, here it's, you know, it's art, the benefit to being in Guelph and doing arts in Guelph should be that right. it's a little bit more affordable. Right. Um, so we're kind of like, we're kind of like screwed right now in that we, it's just as expensive or more expensive to live here than it is in these amazing, huge artistic national centers. Right. You know, so why, why would anyone choose to, I guess if they have six year old twins in school, they would stay. <laughs> That's not that's a small group. That's a small group. <laughs> Let's talk about like sort of where we can go with this. I mean, is there a role for government? I mean, you know, it should I, I've I've heard this talked about at city council meetings, like establishing Guelph as a music city and attracting music here with these, you know, fancy tourism events. Well, you know, if we can't get local bands on local stages, that seems kind of moot too. But just you know is is there a role for government or is this you know kind of outside government control or what do you even want to see like government doing anything yeah it's it's always a a, a tricky one right because the the government is dollars mm. which are critical um but the government is also like bad at deciding <laughs> what should be done from an artistic standpoint right typically um and bad is bad is a, a subjective word like that's that's me saying that yeah <laughs> um every everybody wants something different from the the arts world right um but for me it's the incubation that's everything else takes care of itself it's kind of mm. like the housing crisis, right? You know, it's like we're all worried about the the hospital and and the crime rate and all this stuff, and it's like just put the money into p getting people in homes <laughs> and give them some stability, you know, and like take care of that, and that will take care of a whole lot of other stuff, you know. So it's kind of similar for the arts. It's like we just need to open up spaces and open up. I don't know what it is. Like, I don't know how you provide housing for artists when lots of other people need housing as well. Right. Um, but, you know, if, if we do want to prioritize arts, you know, at least in one stream, then yeah, we, you don't have to, you don't have to create opportunities for like, Oh, we want this kind of art to be created. We want this kind of art to be created. We don't, we don't need to get our hands into that kind of level of a manipulation. 
it just we just need to provide the spaces i think is the by far the biggest thing and then you will i think we will be shocked at how many people are dying to get in and create yeah um it, like and I'll I'll speak to the downtown theater project like mm -hmm. you know because we only do three or four shows a year um but we have this great infrastructure um that's kind of like a next the next step for us is that we'll help you rent a space we'll help you we'll do we have all the tech we have everything that you could possibly need to put on a show we got the stage and the curtains and everything you need so just take it <laughs> and go put on your show, you know, and you just have to worry about the artistic side of things. So that's, so it's kind of like the river run could do that too, you know, mm. and you know, it's not government, but like Guelph little theater could do that too. Maybe with a, some financial assistance from the city. Um, maybe the, the uh, some spaces in the new library are going to have the capability to allow kind of arts groups to come in there and and work through their new works mm. so i think yeah i think there's a massive massive role for government but it's just not in the it's not in the it's not glamorous right, right. like i think it's like it's always nice to say like here's this beautiful piece of work that we commission um and that looks good it's like oh okay something everybody can enjoy and and the city gets their name on it and all that kind of stuff and I, I under, I, I fully understand the carrot, you know, the lure for that. But the yeah. reality is, is that if we want Guelph artists to be creating great art that gets recognized locally and regionally and nationally, we need to give them a space to learn, create, fail, create again, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. There's definitely a feeling here, and I felt it for a long time, that we kind of underutilize what's available. You know, things like the Guelph Youth Music Center, River Run Center, you know, facilities that are kind of by and large empty a lot of the times. So, well, maybe not empty, but, you know, certainly, you know, there's not a new show happening every night at River Run Center. And, you know, when you get into May, June, July, August, there's practically nothing happening. That's it's, it's kind of this big building downtown that, uh, yeah. You know, unless I hate to say it, but unless you go on a school trip, you you might not go there. <laughs> yeah, and like the this the the River Run Center, and like I love I love the River Run Center. I love the people yeah. at the River Run Center. So I yeah. like I'm you know, and I talk candidly with them about this kind of stuff all the time. But um, for me, it's 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 almost like the priority is to bring the arts to Guelph. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, we hire these great international acts and, and national acts and we bring them here and we take the financial hit. The mm -hmm. city takes the financial hit or at least secures it financially. And if it doesn't sell well, it doesn't matter. Um, and then we get to, we get to witness the art and I, there's value in that. And I, you know, I don't say that there's no value in that. Mm hmm. But we also need that same formula for local arts. So, you know, artists who can come in there and put on their show and, you know, if it, if it doesn't sell well, it's okay. This mm -hmm. is a part of the process of you becoming what you need to be as an artist. Um, 
yeah and you know the river on center is a huge venue with you know union techs and all these bells and whistles that is it's kind of like the the last step right. before we like push them out into the world like go fly <laughs> um and so i i do think that there's a lot of steps in between that we we can't currently support hmm. and i don't i don't know if we do have the infrastructure to support that yeah at least maybe maybe kind of what you said it's not we're it's there but we're not utilizing it in the right way yeah. to support yeah yeah well, i i you know th- th- this just occurred to me as well that we, we're kind of getting there, right? You know, things like the makerspace at the Westminster branch where they have a podcasting setup there yeah. that, you yeah, know, that's we're, brilliant. yeah, we're, 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 we get there on the sort of the edges. <laughs> yeah. I guess and, I mean, and maybe, and maybe the library yeah. will have more of this. Like I know there was discussions about that in the, in the, the, um, when they were doing the walkthroughs and stuff like that, the virtual walkthroughs, like, you know, I think that the, the desire is there um yeah but it's just it's when it comes down to the once we start putting the bricks together right and and now the city is you know because they still have to manage it there's they still need to have human beings getting paid to manage these things so there's costs associated with it and you know not everybody was super happy about the cost of the (laughs) library and so if now we're saying like oh yeah there's a free technician and manager available for that space you know seven days a week then everybody's like defund defund the left (laughs) i'm gonna skip right over that to get to my next question um (laughs) i know there's this dream and i i've certainly been a part of it to varying degrees that all the arts groups in Guelph will form like a justice league of arts groups. That's going to, you know, really lobby hard and convince the city and convince people to, and, and, you know, to get up and invest and we'll have a beautiful art center. Is is that even a a remote reality? Do you think? Yes, it is more so than ever. Is that right? Um, And I'm going to put it all on the back of one human being. (laughs) Is it you? It's not God. No, <laughs> it is the new executive director of the Guelph Arts Council. Mm-hmm. Damien, Damien Weston. Yeah, he um, has great vision, and um, and you know, P- Patty was incredible as well. Like Patty, you know, set us up for exactly where we are. So, um, Patty Brown. But the the situation now is that. Damien's coming in right when there's a little a little bit more understanding that maybe the city wasn't quite doing enough. Mm. And so the city is like ready to like start stepping up. And he's just really great at like presenting a, a clear picture of the the arts world as it exists and an arts world that could exist in the near future. Um, you know, so right off the bat, he's, I don't know if you saw the news about the art bar. I did. The E-bar. Yeah, yeah. So the E-bar was not functioning anymore as a performance space. Um, and so Damien and, um, Ben from, uh, the bookshelf were, you know, got together 
Avengers style. Is that what you said? <laughs> I said um, Justice, Justice League. League. Oh, it's... shoot. Oh, no, I crossed. Same, crossed same, over. almost the same thing, but all right. <laughs> yeah. And, and so now, you know, to a small degree, that's happened, mm-hmm. right? So here's an organization that is essentially funded for artists, not the arts. It's mm-hmm. for artists, the Guelph Art Council, Arts Council. Um, and now we have a space. And, you know, it's not a, it's not a 200 seat, you know, three story performance space that could host, you know, huge bands with their CD release parties and all that kind of stuff. But it's, it's one of those middle range things that was missing. Mm-hmm. And now it's in the hands of an, an arts positive group, right? Um, mm. Which obviously the E bar always was, right. you know, it, it was you know the cornerstone of the arts, <laughs> not the cornerstone not the, of the arts. That's I right. mean, you know, you know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> it's it's interesting to hear you say that because it it makes me wonder, like, you know, look looking forward like a year from now and looking back on you know putting this podcast together, which is. You know, looking around at the situation, going like, yeah, geez, are the banner days over? Like, you know, what are we, you know, what are we going to do about this? Uh, you, you know, make it, is this like, are we on the cusp, I guess, of the turning? Like, are we going to look back at this a year ago? Go, well, those guys were pretty, well, me, maybe more than you, but <laughs> we're pretty pessimistic about where this is going. You know, are, are we like maybe on the cusp of uh, a real change and in, in, in getting us back to that cool status, I guess, to bring us full circle? Yeah, and I I think that the the big piece that we have right now is we got some great advocates. Mm. So people who aren't ready to skip town. <laughs> no 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 shade to the people who do skip town. I fully mm-hmm. understand why mm-hmm. people do that. Um but there are local people who are in the arts who are passionate administrators and advocates which are not always the easiest thing to come by in the arts because we're all so busy creating um so since i've been on the the guelph arts council um you know braden phelan's on there joni narita's on there um there's just like so many great powerful arts lovers and smart people with great ideas um i really do believe that as long as we don't do anything to scare them all off of the guelph arts council um we i think that through that organization we really are on the the cusp of something mm-hmm. um it's it's uh you know it's a cloudy future i don't know exactly <laughs> what's coming but just the just the most recent things in terms of increased funding from the city um the guelph arts council taking over the micro granting management the the art bar like in a very short amount of time a lot has happened um and so you know i know some other things that are coming that will be exciting for the arts community Mm-hmm. Um, and so I do believe that it's having a strong presence 
in terms of an arts council, and it doesn't need to be an arts council. It just happens to be like, mm-hmm. you know, like we could just have like some killer record producer that will just want to work with as many artists and help them out as much as possible. And, and it has the financial wherewithal to make that happen. And that could, just that alone, one, one person could have incredible power to make such massive change, you know? And you see that in cities all over through the history of music, right? Where it's just mm. one person or a group of people that transforms an entire city. Right. Um, so I think that because it's the Arts Council is now preparing to make space and preparing to um, have an active, active hand in recognition and advocacy that I, I really do think we're going to see um, some massive changes in the next five to 10 years. Okay. Well, I'm too jaded to be inspired, but I, I think, <laughs> I think uh, hopefully everybody uh, might get, be get inspired by, by that. Um, and uh, I guess we'll leave that there. Paul Barson, thank you so much for all your time today. Thank you, Adam. And once again, that was Paul Barson. The next performance of the Downtown Theatre Project is Venus in Fur, which runs from May 24th to 28th at the Red Brick Cafe. And you can learn more about the group at thedowntowntheaterproject.ca. Don't forget the the. The Fringe Festival, the Guelph Fringe Festival to be precise, will return on August 10th through 13th. And you can learn more about it at theguelphfringefestival.ca. You can listen to the music of The Vanishers on Apple Music and Spotify, and you can subscribe to the Guelph Arts Council's newsletter at guelfarts.ca. And that is it for this edition of the Guelph Politicast. The music for the Guelph Politicast comes from KPM Classics and Sid Dale. The Guelph Politicast is usually recorded at CFRU, Guelph Campus and Community Radio, and to learn more about CFRU, go to cfru.ca. You can download the Guelph Politicast every Wednesday from Apple, Stitcher, Google, TuneIn, and Spotify. And when you subscribe to the Guelph Politicast channel, you'll get an episode of Open Source's Guelph on Mondays and an episode of End Credits on Fridays. You can follow Guelph Politico on social media at Guelph Politico on Twitter and at Politico Guelph on Facebook. You can follow me personally at Adam A. Donaldson on Twitter and Instagram, or you can send me an email at adamadonaldson at gmail.com. If you'd like to help financially support the work of Guelph Politico, you can get all that information at guelphpolitico.ca slash donate. And finally, for all the latest local political news, you can check out guelphpolitico.ca, where there will be a new episode of the Guelph Politicast for you next week. And until then, we will see you next time. 